Just a couple minutes after 1 o'clock on your Sunday afternoon and an amazing week on the way. It's going to feel like mid-July by the time this uh, time gets here tomorrow. But a uh, nice sunny day today. Phone calls, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sub. Would love to get you and your opinion, your questions on the uh, on the horn today, talking about employment law and severance and everything under that umbrella. And uh, the number to get a hold of Lior is one 821 5900 Lior at com. We'll get to the phones here in just a bit. But first, we always start with the week that was, my friend. That's right, Johnny, the week that was. And welcome to all our listeners. Happy to be back here talking about workplace rights, workplace law, employment law, and everything in between. So let's start off as we do, but talking about a couple of the situations that I dealt with uh, this week, uh, things that I think that would be interesting and, and also some important lessons to be learned. Mm-hmm. So the first situation uh, I, I involved a lady who called me uh, beginning of the week. She is 68 years old and, and had been working for the same employer for almost 30 years. Now, she advised them at the beginning of this year that she plans on retiring at the end of the year. Uh, and that, that was you know, her decision. She had worked for a long time, and she thought, okay, it's time for me to retire. A few months later, and having done some reflection, she decided she was not really interested in retiring. She <laughs> figured, well, I still feel pretty good. I can still work. I enjoy what I do. I'll be bored if I don't work, so why don't I work for a few more years? So she told her employer that she changed her mind. Her empo- employer responded, as you'd probably guess by now, by saying, well, no, you can't change your mind. We accepted your resignation, and we expect you to be done at the end of the year. So then she called me asking, well, what can she do about this? Right. So, so, so here's the thing. Usually, an employee can take back a resignation, so long as by doing that, they're not putting their employer in a very difficult position. So if the employer has planned for the departure, hired a replacement, advised all the clients, then you may not be able to take it back at that point. Okay. But otherwise, you absolutely can take back the resignation. In this case, because the resignation was not going to take place for another several months and the employer had done really nothing in reliance on this resignation, she was able to take it back. So if the employer insists that she leave at the end of the year, that would actually be a termination, even though she's the one that said that she was going to retire. And if they terminate employment, given her age and, and length of employment, they would owe her about two years' pay. Yep. So my hope is, and her hope is, that, that cooler heads will prevail and they'll simply allow her to continue working. But if they don't, she's able to take back the resignation. That would mean the employer is terminating and they'd owe her significant severance. Is there a time limit to that? When she first said, I'm going to retire, then comes back and says, yeah, I changed my mind. Well, obviously, the sooner the better, but it comes down to what has the employer done in the interim in reliance on that. Right. Uh, for I mean, you could give uh, notice of resignation and change your mind two days later. If the employer has gone out and hired a new person and, and advised everyone, that may be too late. Or you could be waiting six months to change your mind if the employer has done nothing uh, about it, then you can take it back as well. So the facts are very important. And in this case, she absolutely can take it back. And I'm hoping that the employer is going to let her. Otherwise, they're going to owe her a significant amount of money. Okay, what else you got? Second situation. Uh, this, uh, this is an interesting one. I, I got a gentleman who, was, uh, who is involved in this whole uh, Ashley Madison uh, oh, wow. scandal. And for those that haven't heard, I'm sure everyone has. Uh, Ashley Madison is a website uh, dedicated to adults who want to engage in some, uh, I guess, discreet extramarital affairs. Mm-hmm. And they were hacked uh, recently, and the name of their users were published. So I got a call from a gentleman who was a user of that website, and he was very concerned that he may be let go from his job if or when his employer is going to find out oh, that wow. he was using that Ashley Madison service because it's not something that he was necessarily very proud of. I, I guess. wouldn't put it on a resume anytime soon. No. Okay, so I'll take it off mine. Unless Thanks. you're a hacker, of right. course. <laughs> right. So you wanted to know, 
can they let me go? Right, good question. Uh, now, what he was really asking, John, he was really asking is can they let him go for cause? Because remember, they can let him go without cause, absolutely for any reason, as long as they pay him severance. What he wanted to know is can they let me go for cause without severance, without any compensation? Now, the answer to that is generally off-duty conduct such as this cannot be cause for termination because we don't have that connection or that nexus to the workplace. What he did in his own time uh, uh, may or may not uh, be something that we uh, morally or ethically agree with, but it doesn't impact the workplace. It doesn't impact his ability to do the work. It doesn't hurt his employer. So for this person, the answer was no. They cannot let you go for cause. Maybe they can let you go without cause and pay you your full severance, but not for cause. Now, the exception to what I told this gentleman is where uh, the person who is involved in the scandal, quote-unquote, is, let's say, it's the face of the company and, and someone that's known to the public as someone that's connected to, connected to the company. And because of this conduct, uh, if the public finds out, it would hurt the employer's business. In that situation, that could be caused because it's going to be very difficult to employ someone where the public has lost confidence in that person. But if you're not the face of the company uh, and, and you're involved in some off-duty conduct that you're not proud of, usually that cannot translate to your employer being able to let you go for cause. What if this guy and all of his you know, online liaisons with the other person were done on company computer? If, if they were done on company computer, even then, I mean, okay. if they spend an inordinate amount of time doing something they're not supposed to, right. that could be time theft. Uh, but if they check their messages on uh, AshleyMadison.com uh, during their lunch break once, that's probably not something that's, again, it's not an illegal thing. We're not talking about, God forbid, something like child pornography or anything that's right. illegal. That's absolutely going to be caused every time. Uh, probably not causing this situation. We'll take a short break. Got a lot of phone calls coming through. Hang on the lines, guys. We will get to you shortly. In the meantime, one 821 5900 That is a number you can write down to get a hold of Lior anytime. Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. And right here in the station up until uh, 2 o'clock, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. The Employment Hour, Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900, CHML. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You've waited long enough. We'll get to you right away. Got uh, Paul, our first call through. Hi, Paul. Hi, how you doing? Good, pal. What's going on? Well, I had a weird situation. Um, last September, I had an off-site accident. It wasn't job-related, but it put me in the hospital for the next seven months. And... 30 days after going into the hospital, the company told me that my salary had been severed. So they, about, stop, they stopped paying you? Yeah, they stopped paying me after 30 days. Yep. Um, and then I had to apply for disability and all kinds of things, which, of course, got denied and so forth. I don't know what my status is with them. About four months <laughs> later, they sent me all of my stuff from my office in a cardboard box, and I haven't heard a word from them since. Okay, and when would you have been able to be well enough to go back to work, or are you well enough to go back to work? I'm I'm still not ready. The doctors have told me that I'm not allowed to go back to work yet. Now, uh, when you went off, they knew the reason? They knew that you've gone through the Saxon? You gave them something from a doctor maybe saying you can't work? Yeah. Okay, so... So let me give you some information. Legally, they're not required to pay you while you're not working. What they are required to do is to allow you to remain an employee to keep your job open for when you're able to come back to work. Now, at this point, 
Because uh, you have not, uh, you have, are not able to come back to work, it, it's almost a moot point right now. When you're clear to return to work in a week, in a month, whatever it is, you need to contact them, let them know, provide them something from a doctor saying you can come back to work. At that point, they have to take you back. If they do not, not only do they owe you significant severance, but potentially there will be a human rights violation. In other words, it will be completely illegal. But okay. that's, a, that's a kind of a, a bridge that we cross when you're ready to come back to work. Uh, strictly speaking, in the eyes of the law, you're still an employee, but we only deal with that when you can come back to work. So even, I would keep them posted. Even they cleaned out my office and sent everything back to me? and everything. Yeah, I mean, that, that's not a cool thing. But, I mean, just hypothetically, maybe someone else is using the office while you're there and they needed to do something with the stuff. I mean, there could be other explanations. But the only way to know for sure what they're doing is when you tell them, I'm ready to come back to work, if they say, no, you cannot, then they have a problem. They, they would have done something illegal. In the meantime, though, I do want you to keep them updated on to your status. Okay. Okay. So I need to update them on my status. And the minute that the doctors say I'm okay to go back to work, then I got to call them. And I guess officially mm-hmm. I'm still an employee. Absolutely. So I would give them a doctor's note in the meantime saying, you know, you're still under doctor's care. You're going to be reexamined in a month or whatever it is. Uh, so they can't say, well, you just disappeared off the face of the earth. So mm-hmm. keep them up to date and let them know when you can come back to work. If they don't let you, you need to call me right away. I'll be able to help you at that point. But for now, I just need you to keep them up to date. Okay. Well, thank you very much. No worries, Paul. Yeah, you keep a paper trail. If you can't, everything. Keep yeah, all records keep and it, everything, keep right? Keep it, keep it, for sure. Yeah. We'll get to uh, Blair here on the line. Hi, Blair. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good, sir. Hey, I got a question. I uh, went to work for a homeowner, and uh, after I did the work, uh, they decided that they didn't want to pay me. I just wondered where I stood on that. So, uh, it's a homeowner you did work for? Yeah, like you know, just a private home. And uh, how much money are we talking about? What, what it they was about thirty-five hundred dollars. So you, you came in and did a job, and they don't. What you, reason they did they say? They had a bunch of excuses after I finished that you know the workmanship wasn't good. Um, I broke something, this and that. But, you know. So in, in this situation, the only thing you can do is take uh, legal action, a small claims a- a- action against them for mm-hmm. the am- amount of money that they owe you. Okay. Uh, I expect that they may defend it on the basis that, well, yeah, even though we would have owed him $3,500, he caused this damage or that damage. So as it turns out, it's a wash. I, I don't know if that's a valid defense because I don't know what yeah. presumably you did. But your only recourse in this case is to go to small claims, take legal action for the money, uh, the money that's owing to you. We'll try to take uh, one more before the break here. This one should be quick. Hi, Mary. How are you? Hi. Yes. Um, I um, I was off sick for a couple of months, and I went back to work. And on my return to work, my job was eliminated, uh, as well as four other positions. Uh, the other four positions were um, reassigned into another, another job. Um, I was told I had to bump into another position and was their choice of where I was going to bump, not mine. Unfortunately, it didn't work out uh, because I told them that I wasn't capable of doing that job, but they put me there anyway. Uh, So now it's all going to the labor board. Okay, and your question? uh, Well, I got laid off. Um, Well, they they tried to give me, they tried to demote me into a lower-paying job, and I refused. So I took the layoff, and now it's all going to the Labor Board for unfair representation by my union. I see. And it's been over a year now. Uh, the Labor Board seems to be dragging their feet on this. And yeah. I'm wondering, you know, um, is, that, is that normal to take that long at the Labor Board? Yeah, and, and let, me, let me say something here, Mary. Uh, 
what what you what you did, I guess, is your union wasn't helping you with that dispute with your employer, so you filed a complaint uh, against the uh, the union with the labor board. That process, the unfair representation process, is rarely successful. It, it, it's and I, I actually say in many cases it could be a waste of time. The board is rarely going to intervene in that case. So yes, it, it does take long. It's cumbersome and it's rarely successful. So I, I'm sorry you're in that situation. I don't foresee usually a likelihood of success. You're kind of stuck with the union and what the union wants to do or doesn't want to do. So that's one of the problems of being unionized is you're, you kind of live and die by the union. Mm-hmm. And if the union doesn't help you, there's usually very little that you can do. Whereas if you weren't part of a union, different situation. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Lior at employmenthour.com. More phone calls. And after the break, we'll get into answering the most common questions that Lior gets. You probably have some of them in your mind right now. We'll get to that on the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. 416 870 6400 star 640 sell the employmenthour.com through email we'll get to a uh, our topic uh, for part of the morning in or part of the afternoon which is answering the most common questions that Lior gets first got uh, Sam on the line hi Sam hi it's Sam for Samantha how are you thank Good. you for taking my call sure um i have a question for you i've been with the company for the last 3 years and they gave me an ultimatum um, either they reduce my salary or they take me to a different further um, location, which I'm not agreeable with. So what do I do at this case? So as I under- so if I'm understanding correctly, Sam, you've been advised by your employer that you have two options. Either you take yes. a, a salary reduction or you relocate somewhere far. Yes, which well, I don't want to relocate. Well, I am- you, it's it's going to be too far for you to commute, I guess. Yes. So the reality is there's a third option, Sam, and that is uh, you absolutely don't have to accept. And if they decide to implement one of these two changes, either reduce your pay or relocate you, that will be a constructive dismissal, which means you are allowed to leave and get your severance. Okay. Severance. Okay. For three years I've been with the company. Three years. And what kind of job? What do you do? It's, I, I don't. I, I prefer not to sure. specify on the online. Uh, and approximately how old are you? I'm trying to get you an assessment of what you'd be owed. 54. Okay. So you probably, depending on your position, you'd be entitled to anywhere from four to six months pay is what yes. what they would owe you. So if they implement one of these changes, uh, they reduce your pay, they relocate you, you absolutely don't have to accept. You're allowed to leave and require them to pay you severance. If sure. that happens, okay, I don't want you to leave. I don't want you to resign. I don't want you to do anything before you yes. and I speak off, off the air. So if sure. you should, if you're not comfortable with a reduction or the move, just tell them that. Tell them neither of those is agreeable to me. Either they back off, or if they implement one of those two things, you give me a call right away. John's going to give you the number, and then we'll talk about it, and I'll help you to make sure that you get your full severance. Thank you so much. Kindly appreciate it. Thank you, Sam. Sure, Sam. The number is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Paul. Good afternoon. Oh, hi, Paul here. Hey, Paul. Uh, uh, Leo, what happened? I have this friend. Um, his English is not too great, but he's been working at this company for 27 years, right? A new manager came on the scene some months ago, and he's been really, he really um, giving my friend a hard time. He's been embarrassing him. He's been putting him down. He's been, uh, yeah, telling me he's no bloody good. This guy is such a brilliant worker, I tell you. I've worked with him. I know, right? And <clears throat> I don't know what this guy wanted out of him. The guy was getting ill on the job. He decided, right. I, I think he made a silly move. 
he decided, well, he couldn't take it anymore. And he decided to quit. Luckily, he found another job. So he's asking me, he's, uh, you know, 27 years gone down the drain. What could he do? He said, I know he should not have quit. I, I, I told him he should have talked to somebody like you first. But is there anything he can do? Now, my first question, Paul, uh, your friend, was he part of a union? No. No. Okay. So so here, here's what this comes down to. It comes down to your friend being able to establish the reason why he quit, to be able to prove that harassment. Yeah. Because I, I don't expect necessarily that the manager is going to admit it, obviously. Yeah. So we want to know how we can prove it. Is there uh, a way to show maybe there's emails or witnesses or some way that we can prove oh, it? Witnesses are plenty, yes. Perfect. Yes. So if we can establish that, if we can establish that harassment, the fact that your friend resigned would, all, in the eyes of the law, not be really a resignation. If he resigned oh. because of harassment, that would be a constructive dismissal. It's I, as I, if I'm thinking so. Exactly. I'm listening to you. It seems so, yeah. And, and after 27 years, approximately how many people work for this company? Ballpark. About 30. Sorry? 30 people, about 30. Uh, about 30. Now, depending on uh, how quickly we found the job and how close the job, the new job is to compensation or with respect to the uh, law. I see, yeah. So yeah. he may not be owed a lot of severance because it's possible that a lot of his losses he was able to mitigate by finding a new job. Uh-huh. So he would still be owed severance. It's possible not the full amount. So the yeah. best advice that I can give right now is we obviously need to sit down and I need to find out exactly what the harassment was and how we can prove it, et cetera, and yeah. find out about the new job. And All on right. that basis, I can advise you or him, sorry, how yeah. much he would be owed. It's a, a, at a minimum, it would be two months pay, but it could be a lot more depending on when he found the job and how much money he's earning in this new job. Right. Okay, Alior, I'll let him know. Okay, Paul. I'll, I'll get in touch with you. Thank you, Paul. Good. Thanks, Paul. The number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Paul. We were going to talk about uh, answering the most common questions that uh, you get. You probably get these dozens of times every week, so we'll go through a few of those. Maybe you have these in your mind. You're going to ask Lior here in just a bit. I'll start with this one. How do I know if my severance is fair? Yeah, and, and, right? and that, that's probably uh, the, the most common one. These questions we're going to talk about is the, the, the most common questions that I get uh, in, in, my, in my practice, my, the other lawyers in my office get. And probably the most common is, how do I know if my severance is fair? I've been let go. I'm staring at a piece of paper where my employer is offering me some severance, and I need to know what the heck it means. Mm-hmm. Is it appropriate? Is it great? Is it bad? And, you know, what, what does it all mean? So uh, the first thing to understand is that you're not owed a week's pay for a year of service or two weeks. It's not that uh, straight a formula. Your entitlements are based on your age, position, and length of employment. So the longer you work, the older you are, and the more senior a position you have, the more is owed to you. Now, that doesn't necessarily help you assess what you're owed. So how do I help you? Well, you can always give me a call. I can tell you by, uh, in, in a span of about 30 seconds how much severance you're owed. Or you can go to severancepaycalculator.com, find out there exactly how much you're owed, and never, ever accept a severance offer without doing that. We'll talk to more of those in a, in a sec. Anyway, after a short break, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You can send us some emails. We'll get to those as well this afternoon. Lee or at employmenthour.com. This is the Employment Hour Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. Oh, yes, it is. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale to get a hold and talk uh, with us on the air. Ask a question. We're talking about the most common questions that Lior gets, and this one's your favorite, your absolute favorite Am I owed more severance than what the Ministry of Labor says? It is my favorite, John. I, I, I get so happy when I'm asked that question. 
No, but, but this is a serious matter. And, and why do people ask that question? Why should they even have to ask? Well, the reason why they have to ask, and, and this comes up all the time, is because a lot of people do what you know, one would think is a sensible thing to do if they lose their job. They either call the Ministry of Labor to find out how much they should be getting, or maybe they go on the Ministry of Labor website uh, to see, well, how much should we be getting? Unfortunately, and this is where the problems start. The problems start because the Ministry of Labor does not give you the correct information. They only advise you with respect to your minimum entitlements, Mm -hmm. okay? Your bare minimum entitlements, not your full entitlements. And your full entitlements, which are still legally owed to you, could be several times more than your minimum entitlements. It could be 10 times more, sometimes more than that. So the Ministry of Labor may tell you, you get two weeks severance because that's your minimum entitlements, but your full entitlements could be six months severance. So you may accept two weeks severance because the Ministry of Labor says, well, that's two weeks, uh, when in fact you should have gotten another five and a half months pay. So should you be getting more severance than what the Ministry of Labor says? Absolutely yes, positively yes. No question, no doubt. That's why I said the only real way to find out how much you actually should be getting, your full entitlements, is not through the Ministry of Labor. They cannot or will not tell you that information. You call me. You call an employment lawyer or you go to severancepaycalculator.com. You're going to find out exactly how much your full entitlements are. It's free. It's anonymous. It's quick. It's accurate. So I I hope that everyone does that. Don't uh, fall for misconceptions or for incorrect information. I was let go even though I did nothing wrong. Can my employer do that? You know, actually, this may well be the most common question, yeah. the single most common question. And I think I've said on the, on the show before, a lot of the people that call me in my office are very upset and understandably so. They just uh, lost their job. They didn't see that coming. They did nothing wrong. Certainly no one told them there was a problem. And all of a sudden they were let go. And maybe someone else that wasn't as good an employee was kept on. And they're upset. Well, how can they do this to me? How do they have a right? That must be a wrongful dismissal. So the answer to that question, the question is, can the employer do that? The answer to that is, unfortunately, yes, the employer can the employer is allowed to let you go even though you did nothing wrong, even though there was no previous warning, as long as the employer pays you the full severance that the employer owes you. So whenever we're looking at a termination of employment with severance, whether or not it was fair or there was a warning or there was a good reason doesn't really factor in. Where the reason becomes very important is if the employer tries to let the employee go for cause, i.e. without severance. That can only happen if the employee is guilty of some very significant misconduct. In most cases, you can be let go if you did nothing wrong as long as you get paid. The problem is most people, John, when they're let go, probably 90% of Mm -hmm. people don't get the proper severance that they're owed. That's why they need to to get some legal advice. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell or Lior at employmenthour.com. We'll get to an email right now. Sean and Markham says, my severance letter says that if I find another job, the employer will stop paying me severance and give me half of what is owed. Is that legal? Well, the, the short answer is that it is legal. And, and here's what this means. There's really two ways an employer can pay severance. The first way is the employer can pay it as a lump sum payment. So effectively, that means here's a check for the amount of time we're going to pay you, and off you go. The nice thing about the lump sum payment is that there's no strings attached. So if you take the payment and the next day you find another job, you're happy. You've done well for yourself. That's option one, which is fine and legal. The second option is the employer can pay salary continuation. Mm. What that means is instead of getting one check, you're going to get paid over time for the appropriate period of time. 
Usually that comes with a condition that says that if you find another job while we're still paying you, we're going to cut you off and give you half of what's outstanding. So obviously, all things being equal, John, for an individual, the lump sum payment is better because there's no strings attached. Both are legal, but it's usually negotiable. So if you've been offered a a severance on the basis of salary continuation with a 50% clawback if you find another job, we may and often can negotiate something on a lump sum basis. So it may not be the end of the story. Is it legal? Yes, it is. Can it be negotiated? Absolutely. We're also talking about the most common questions that Lior gets. How about this? Does my employer have to accommodate my medical restrictions? Well, yeah, that's, uh, the answer to that is a, a resounding yes. An employer has a very strict duty to provide accommodation for an employee's medical restrictions. That We call that a duty to accommodate to the point of undue hardship. Mm. What that means is the employer has to accommodate up to the point where it becomes so difficult, so impossible, that it would be just inconceivable for the employer to do that. That's a very, very high standard. In most cases, the employer absolutely has to accommodate. What does that mean? That means the employer has to find modified duties, modified hours, uh, maybe allow the employee to work in a a different job at a different location, maybe even allow them to work from home uh, for a period of time. Anything that's required to do to allow them to work given their physical uh, restrictions the employer, though, is rec- or is allowed to have that information approved by a doctor. So it's not enough for you, the employee, to say, well, I need modified duties. That has to come from a doctor. But if a doctor that treats you, the employee, says to your employer, uh, this patient of mine, your employee, needs modified duties, in v- the vast majority of cases, the employer has to provide those. Take a quick break. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sell more calls coming through. We will get to those. Leor at employmenthour.com is the email address. And you can use that as well. We'll get to some more emails before 2 o'clock as well. The Employment Hour on Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. Uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. We'll get to a phone call and then an email that you just got. Got uh, Kathy on the line. Hello, Kathy. Hello there. What's happening? Oh, I just have a couple of questions. Okay. Um, I listen to you quite often, and I'm assuming everything that you discuss is related to a full-time employee. Uh, what if, like myself, I have had two part-time jobs at the same employee? At the, at the same employer. So, but, uh, but, but what's your question specifically about your job? Oh, okay. So a year or so ago, I was making $75,000. The one part-time job did not need me anymore. So now I have obtained full-time work at the same place, um, and now I'm only going to be making about $44,000. So, So, but you, you, uh, you may have had several jobs, but you've worked continuously for this employer? So there have been no gaps or breaks? Oh, no, no. And how long total have you worked for this employer? Uh, the one job that I'm no longer needed for, 33 years. Uh, the second part-time job, 20 years. So, wow. Okay. So here's the, the reality is this, that if your employer wants to let you go at some point, the exact same rules apply. We would look at the length of your employment, which goes back to when you first started with your employer, your age, which is your age, and the position that you currently have. So not necessarily the position that you had back then, the position that you currently have. But let me tell you this. Even without knowing your age or your position, given the amount of years that you work for this employer, you would be owed right around two years pay, which is the maximum usually that anyone gets. So the exact same rules would apply to you if and when your employer wants to part ways with you, they would owe you right around two years pay. I, I can't see any any way where that would be less than that. 
Okay. Um, I did call in a year ago when this first took place, and because I still work for the current employer, uh, um, you guys had mentioned I would have to quit my job in order to pursue this. Right, because back uh, then it may have been a, a constructive dismissal, but uh-huh. but you chose to stay, and that's fine. So now that that particular avenue is no longer available to you. Now you're an employee, and if you choose to resign, that's your decision. Obviously, you're not going to get compensated. But if at some point today, tomorrow, next year, your employer wants to let you go, they would easily owe you two years' pay. Okay. Okay. Is there any point in meeting with you to discuss some extenuating circumstances? Like, first of all, they forgot to tell me that I was going to be, um, that first job was not any longer required? Well, here's the, here's the concern. That if this happened a year ago, irrespective mm-hmm. of how wrong this was on their part or unfair, there's going to be nothing that we could do about it now because you're deemed to have accepted all that because it was so long mm-hmm. ago. So I, on that basis, there really isn't anything really that we can do. If, it's something that, if something new happens that makes it difficult to continue working, then absolutely we should speak about that as soon as possible. But we can't go back that year. We can't undo what's happened back then. So if she gets let go in uh, you know, six months from now, based on the new salary or the old salary? It's the new salary. Uh-huh. So it's based on how much she's making right now. So if she went from 75 to 45, I forget what the amounts were, then unfortunately she's now going to be let go and if she's let go on the basis of 45 times is, two years which is why as, right. as she indicated we would have told her a year ago when this happened that at that time she could have said no i'm not accepting this right. reduction from 75 to 45000 that's a constructive dismissal and she would be able to resign and get her severance she chose not to and obviously that's her decision and now she's making what she's making but the amount of severance she's going to get in terms of months is going to be the same but it's going to be calculated on the basis of the lower salary. Your email. So I received an email just as uh, we were uh, getting ready to go on air and uh, from, a, from a lady named uh, Sandra, and, and she says uh, that I received my termination letter this week providing me eight weeks' notice, uh, and, and additionally, they will provide a gratuitous lump sum payment equivalent to, two, uh, so, sorry, to 12 weeks' pay. I'm 64 years of age and I've worked part-time for the last 14 years, Am I entitled to more than this? Well, so, so Sandra has worked for uh, 14 years. She's 64 uh, years old, and she was offered totally 20 weeks. So that's 8 plus 12, 20 weeks. Let's call that just, uh, I don't know, four and a half, five months, and somewhere in that range. Yeah. That is significantly less than what uh, she's owed. Sandra, you'd probably be owed right around 12 months' pay. Uh, so, uh, you know, more than double or maybe three times what you've actually been offered. So give me a call off air. Let's talk about that. 20 weeks for you, uh, Sandra, is not even close. The number is 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, Lior at employmenthour.com. We were talking about the uh, most common questions that you get. We'll get to a couple more here before we go to break. I was let go for performance reasons. Should I get severance? And, you know, very common, very, mm-hmm. very common question. So someone is let go for performance. The employer maybe has raised some issues, concerns, or complaints about their performance. And eventually they say, I'm going to let you go for cause. Now, letting go someone for cause without severance is very, very difficult. It's a very difficult thing for the employer to do. They have to meet all kinds of obligations to be able to do that. So uh, if the employer has shown that they documented the performance uh, issues, that they, they can show that they've tried to provide the employee help, they've engaged in other discipline. So they maybe provided warnings, et cetera, maybe even a suspension. Mm-hmm. If they can check mark all those boxes, 
maybe then they can let someone go for cause. Maybe. If they simply say, listen, clearly your performance was not good, sir, off you go. We don't owe you any severance. That's illegal. That would be a wrongful dismissal. So the employer really has to build up its case if it lets someone go for performance reasons. And in most cases that I see, unfortunately, the employer pulls the trigger way before it should. Still got about 10 minutes left. You want to give us a call? We'd love to talk to you. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. More of the Employment Hour coming up on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. Final few minutes here. You want to squeeze in a call? 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Lior at employmenthour.com. Talking about the most common questions that Lior gets in his office and phone, email, everywhere else. How about this one? We just uh, covered wrongful dismissal and the fact that they got to build up some history before the uh, employer pulls the plug. What if the employer says, I'm taking you to court. I was wrongfully dismissed. Can they do it? Yeah, and very, very uh, often I get that. You know, flows from you know people being upset, feel that they've been wronged, obviously. And they ask, well, can I take my employer to court if I've been wrongfully dismissed? And uh, the the answer to that is you can, but in most cases, you absolutely don't need to. Mm. Because in order for you to get what you're owed, it's rare, extremely rare, John, that you have to go to court or take them to court. These things resolve, they negotiate, it's resolved through a negotiated settlement. Uh, and, And, you know, generally speaking, going to court is something that if you can, you'd like to avoid because it could take some time, it could be uh, costly. And and that's the bad news. The good news is, yeah, you don't actually have to in 99% of these cases. So can you take an employer to court? Yes, you don't need to. Uh, uh, in most cases, we'll be able to resolve it within a couple of weeks, sometimes maybe a bit more than that, but not much more. So the good news is these issues are not difficult to resolve. So never hesitate to make the call uh, and find out what your actual legal rights are. If I've been wrongfully demissed, can I get my job back? Is there a chance of it? Uh, well, you know, you know, I get that question often. I always struggle with it because there's actually no legal obligation usually on an employer to take back someone that's been dismissed from work, even if the employer had no reason, even if the employer got it all wrong. Uh, the law doesn't generally, except in unionized situations, the law generally does not impose on an employer an obligation to take an employee back. So in most cases, the answer to that question is no, you're not going to get your job back. Now, there are some situations that as part of a, a resolution with an, empl- with an employer, we negotiate a return back to work. Uh, you know, let's, uh, let's just let bygones be bygones and let's be friends and try to go back to work. Now, that's rare, yep. but it is possible. So I've done that probably maybe half a dozen times over the years. So it is fairly rare. Uh, in most cases, it's simply a matter of compensation. If you've been let go from your job for, for good reason, not for good reason, with or without cause, it comes down to how much compensation you're owed. You're probably, probably not going to get your job back. Hey, Carol, how are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you. What's going on? Uh, I'm a waitress, and I worked for 30, 35, 36 years at the same restaurant. And uh, they closed the restaurant down to renovate it, and uh, we were let go. Um, no notice, nothing. We knew that they were going to be closing to renovate it, but they didn't say, you're not coming back. And I was just wondering if there's anything that we can do about that. Now, Carol, have they reopened the restaurant? They have reopened it. It's still under the same name. And uh, uh, he hired, like, all young waitresses, and uh, he let all of us go. Like, myself, I can understand, you know, for my age, but um, even still, they, he just, 
didn't say anything to me or to some of the other waitresses. They just uh, wow. didn't hire us back. But Carol, let me say this. Everything you've described is completely illegal. Okay, He absolutely cannot do that. He being the, the owner of the restaurant, he cannot do that. Uh, both you and your colleagues, whether you worked there for a year or 36 years or even a few months, all of you would have been entitled to notice or severance, what we call pay in lieu of notice. For you specifically, if you've been there for 36 years, uh, I guess uh, as, as a server? Yes. So you'd probably be looking at easily 24 months uh, pay, two years pay. So we're talking about a significant amount. And your colleagues, depending on how much or, uh, or for how long they worked, would have entitlements that are, are significant as well. So uh, how long ago did this happen? When, uh, when were you let go? Uh, two years ago, uh, July 1st. So here's the bad news, Carol. I'm sorry, uh, you're out of time. Uh, and, and the reality is if you're, uh, and this is John kind of wincing here next to me, there's a two-year limitation Brutal. period, which would have expired July of this year of 2015. So, yeah, uh, you know, now, but let, let's just quickly, because we have to get off the air, but w- was uh, July 1st when the reno- restaurant closed for renovation or when it reopened? No, it's when it was closed. It closed down uh, uh, July 1st uh, weekend. Uh, it closed there. They, they shut the doors, and they, uh, they reopened, I believe it was around uh, December. Oh, December of 2013? Uh, yeah. Well, then you may actually be in luck because you can say that really you didn't know you were terminated until he, the restaurant reopened and he didn't bring you back. So, so let's leave it at this, Carol, because we have to get off air. Give me a call as soon as possible off air. Let me talk to you. I can help you hopefully get your two years pay. Carol, that number right now is 1-855-821-5900. 1-855-821-5900. We're going to follow up with that one next week. Absolutely. That's, that's huge. Uh, that'll do it for now. The employment hour. You want to go uh, more information, go to, uh, well, give him a call, uh, that number, or you can email Lior at employmenthour.com. Make sure you check out severancepaycalculator.com as well. This has been the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML.